Gonzaga Nation SI, a recap of the Sweet 16 loss, um, which was a bit disappointing for Gonzaga fans uh, when obviously they weren't able to extend their season, get to an Elite Eight, which would also look like a solid opportunity for another Final Four and maybe their first national title after a tremendous season. Uh, as a one seed, the number one overall seed, um, Gonzaga's season ends at 28-4. and four. Uh, when you think about uh, another year impacted in certain ways with COVID, with game cancellations, pauses, 28-4, um, uh, incredible record. But the bar that this program has set uh, is is something uh, something special. And you look on social media, you read some articles online, you, you watch TV. There's a lot of disappointed fans, and rightfully so. Um, there's a lot of critics out there right now, and rightfully so. But big picture-wise, if you're a Gonzaga fan and you're looking at where this program is, what this program has done, uh, it's pretty dang amazing. 23 straight NCAA tournaments, um, 14 straight years now out of the first, winning their first round, uh, the last seven Sweet 16s. And it's pretty pretty impressive to see what they've done. But uh, we'll have more in-depth recaps uh, on this season, both from my perspective as well as Adam Morrison's perspective in the next coming weeks. But I want to quickly talk about uh, the loss to Arkansas in the Sweet 16 where Gonzaga fell 74-68 to at the Chase Center in San Francisco. Um, first things first, I was able, I, I got an opportunity, I went down to the game, kind of spur of the moment. Um, not a good atmosphere at all for an NCAA tournament game. Uh, I was really interested and excited to see what the Chase Center was. I thought the building itself was phenomenal. Uh, I thought the seating was great, but the environment for an NCAA tournament, the, the lack of fans from Texas Tech and Duke showing up early, the lack of energy in the building uh, was disappointing. Um, and, and I don't think it showed well on TV either. Um, from from things that I've heard from different people, but uh, I was disappointed in the in the energy and the atmosphere in the building. But um, back to the game, uh, Arkansas they were physical on the perimeter, they were physical on the interior. Uh, they 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 played an aggressive style uh, that impacted Gonzaga at times. Now Gonzaga I thought handled it for the most part pretty well, um, but one thing that I've always uh, kind of looked at for players. Uh, in knowing that they have that it factor to make a difference um, more times than not over the course of a season and over the course of, of a career and in a one-game snapshot over the course of a game is just that go button where you're just constantly in attack mode. And I think uh, J.D. Note of Arkansas had that. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, if you look at just his, his numbers as far as being 9 of 29 from the field, you would say, man, he was awful. But 21 points, he kind of imposed his will on many important possessions of that game. He made big plays. He didn't back down from the moment. Um, and so he was big. Jalen Williams, 15 points, 12 rebounds for Arkansas. I thought there were many times he was, he was a, a difference maker on many stretches of the game. He impressed me. I saw him throughout the year. I liked him, but watching him in person yesterday – what a, the scouting report, he, he played it to a T. He did a great job of contesting vertically and not fouling. He did a great job of when it presented him, itself to step in front and take a charge. Um, in pick and roll covers, 
coverage when they were in drop coverage because they weren't too worried uh, about Drew Timmy pick and pop actions. Uh, he did a great job of containing the ball handler long enough for the Arkansas defender to get back in front. Uh, I, so I thought he was tremendous. And then the third player for Arkansas that was in, in double figures was Trey, Ray, Trey Wade. 15 points, I think it was seven seven rebounds. Just the, the, the physicality and the kind of uh, impactfulness that he had on the glass and in, in loose ball situations uh, bothered Gonzaga at times. Um, and that's something that, unfortunately, the critics are going to keep saying about Gonzaga is big physical teams are going to climb up and, and get into you. And, and that's a valid point when you look at the four losses for Gonzaga this year. Alabama and the SEC. Duke, obviously, playing in the Elite Eight now against Arkansas. Uh, you look at St. Mary's um, and then Arkansas. Those teams were physical in those games that Gonzaga was beaten in. Now, Alabama got hot from three, uh, more so than the other teams did. But um, that was a big kind of a key to the game um, was, was they took a physical attacking style to Gonzaga. Now, I do think Gonzaga, as I mentioned, did handle it pretty well. They handled it better than the Baylor game a season ago, I thought. But um, there were stretches where they got into a nice flow offensively, and then there were stretches that they struggled to get into an offensive flow. And I think many things have to do with that. Arkansas did a tremendous job with, with their game planning and then also their executing of their game planning. Uh, Gonzaga did get open shots. They just struggled to knock them down. I mean, you look at five of 21 from three. Now, Gonzaga's been a really good shooting team over the course of uh, the last 23 years. They've been a really good shooting team this year. I've said it throughout the year. I think Gonzaga's got a number of very good shooters, but they don't have uh, a Corey Kispert-like knockdown shooter. And that's not a knock on any of the guys. It's just, uh, unfortunately, nobody could kind of get untracked. You know, Roger Bolton, the only one, hit multiple threes last night, two of seven. Um, but when you look at, they got good looks. The ball would go into Timmy on the post. Um, Timmy would be working if a double came or a hard dig came. He kicked it out, and Gonzaga did a nice job getting to space. And, and getting open looks, they just didn't knock them down. So that was that was a, a frustrating point, I'm sure, for, for a lot of Gonzaga fans. Um, the fouls um, that were called by the officials, this is something that's got to get figured out um, for the college game to, to continue to, to grow its fan base and appeal to many possible interested fans, but then don't become you know, diehard college basketball fanatics. The officiating so far in this NCAA tournament has been downright awful. Um, and I don't like to critique the officials because it's a job that I would never want. Um, you know, it's something that uh, there's a, you got to make a split second decision on a many times a gray area type of uh, play during a game. Um, and the rules have con continuously changed as far as block charge, as far as verticality, blocking the shot. Uh, if you're playing against an aggressive team that creates contact into a shot blocker, you know, where, where do you line, draw that line with the verticality uh, versus, versus the, the body contact? So I thought the officials were awful in that game last night. Um, they were awful in many games. I mean, Arizona was impacted by it. Um, you've seen other games in the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament be impacted by it. Um, but Chet Holmgren fouling out 
that was a obviously a huge point um, turning point for uh, Arkansas. And, you know, Gonzaga was still there on the cusp of, of getting it back into that game and making it a last possession type game. You know, the other thing with Holmgren is he got two fouls in the first half. Coach Few has to sit him. I think it was the last five or six minutes of the half. But um, I would honestly say probably three of those calls from Chet were not good calls. Two for certain, probably three. Um, and in the college game, to, to have one of your foundational pieces not able to play because of bad calls is ridiculous. You know, there's been many articles written over the last couple of years about changing some of the rules in college basketball, one of them being going from five fouls to six. Uh, that would have been obviously helpful for Gonzaga um, in, in last night's case. I don't think that's necessarily the solution, although I could see that happening. Uh, I just think, you know, yes, the officials have to grade out and be uh, advanced to the next round, um, but there's so much scrutiny on players, so much scrutiny on coaches. It would be nice, and I don't know if this would ever happen, but it would be nice if an official or an officiating crew would sit and answer to some of the calls or no calls that have happened, especially when it's in such a big moment, a big game, big tournament, um, big event like the NCAA tournament. Um, many officials are very over-exaggerating with their calls where it seems at times like, hey, look at me, I'm making a call. Now, no official will ever agree to that, but it's it's really odd when you, when you see the demonstrative nature of making a call when it's a 50-50 type play. And so I think Gonzaga got short on the stick. And I know there was a player too where, you know, it could have been looked at in the same regards um, if, if you're an Arkansas fan. But overall, not a good job by the officials last night. The One of the other big ones was – Arkansas player driving baseline clearly steps out of bounds. Um, almost from anywhere that you're sitting in that arena last night, you could see his foot about six to eight inches out of bounds, right on the baseline. There's baseline official in the corner by the Arkansas bench. Doesn't call it. Ball gets kicked corner three. I think it advanced, if I'm not mistaken, I think it advanced the Arkansas lead from three to six, uh, I believe is what that did. So that was a terrible call. So that's two times – in Gonzaga's NCAA post-tournament, uh, post-season play in the last five, six years that a foot or a hand out of bounds has impacted the final score of a game or the final outcome of a game, I should say. So, um, but that being said, you know, Drew Timmy had a tremendous game. Uh, he shoot 25 points, I think uh, 11 rebounds. Uh, Chet Holmgren, even though he was batting in foul trouble, still had an impact on the game. I think it was 11 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, for for Chet, um, the guards kind of they all had some nice stretches. They all had some struggles, but you, again, you got to give Arkansas a lot of credit. At the end of the at the end of the day, you have limited opportunities with very good teams um, to make deep postseason runs. Obviously, and Gonzaga made a I would consider Sweet Sixteen a deep postseason run. You're in the second tournament, second weekend, uh, something that. No team, no program uh, has been as successful at Gonzaga over the last uh, 10 years. I mean, you look at seven straight Sweet 16s, no other team has done that. Um, but, again, the critics are going to come out. They're going to make some comments. Um, 
it's to me the way I look at this now is for Gonzaga, you keep putting together very good teams, which they've had, you're going to break through at some point. You have to have a lot of luck go your way to win an NCAA tournament, but to have that luck pay off, you've also got to have a good enough team uh, year in, year out. Gonzaga's done that. I know there's a lot of disappointed fans out there, but tip your cap to Arkansas. They played a heck of a game. Gonzaga had a tremendous season. We'll be recapping it more in depth over these next few weeks, um, but all in all, disappointing 74-68 loss for Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 to Arkansas.